When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. In today's episode, we're going to talk about portfolio volatility. This email that I received from a listener, he asked to be called Joe DiMaggio. So we'll just call him Joe for short because I never use people's real identities on this podcast because 10, 20 years from now, when this is still out there, there's a good chance that they may wish that they didn't have their name out there in the public for whatever reason. So I try to respect that. So this listener writes, Hey, Ryan, just recently discovered your podcast and have been searching your catalog to listen to your episodes. I have been trading inside my IRA for over a decade, but only recently did I calculate my yearly profit and loss to see how I was doing. I mean, I knew I was up nicely, but hadn't figured out the percentage. The result surprised me and motivated me to keep going. I wanted to know what you thought of my gains and losses by year. Is this what most people get? Over the last 10 years, I've beaten the Dow and the S&P 8 out of 10 years. The Nasdaq, I've beaten 6 out of 10 years. This is how it has played out. 2014, I was down 2%. 2015, up 54, 2016, up 28, 2017, up 39%, 2018, up another 39%, 2019, up 35%, 2020, up 70%, jeez, up 2021, 79%, down 34% in 2022, and up 41% in 2023. My account since 2014 through compounding is up about 1,400%, and my average yearly gain is 32%. My early gains were mostly on having bought Netflix early on. Great job. Later, I took those gains into other trades and expanded from there. So are my numbers normal or am I hitting Hall of Fame kind of numbers? LOL. Thanks and keep up the great podcast. Joe DiMaggio. Okay, so good question here. And first off, great returns, man. That is awesome. So I want to highlight that. I mean, those are abnormal returns. Those are great returns. And the fact that you beat the S&P 500 eight out of 10 years is awesome as well. Some people say, oh, well, he should have been beating it 10 out of 10 years. And if he was a real pro, he would have beaten the NASDAQ 10 out of 10 years, not six out of 10 years. But that's not so. And the reason why I say that is because, for one, as a swing trader, we're human, so we're fallible. We're going to have off years. There's going to be years that trip us up some. That's just normal. That's why risk management is so important is because when it does trip us up, we don't want it to be portfolio defining that we can't come back from it. Humans will falter. And not every year are you going to beat the market. And that's one of the reasons, too, why I do think swing trading is important, but I also think it's important, too, to have different kinds of accounts. Like for me, or and for many others, you have like 401ks. I have IRAs. I think those are important. I think long-term accounts are important. I think for me, me as well, I have fixed income accounts with bonds and I, with dividend plays. I think those are important to have because when I'm off of my swing trading, I want to make sure if I'm on the wrong side of the trade and the market's going higher, if I'm short, I want my long-term stuff to at least still be doing well. 
And so I think it's good to have that diversification on your strategies as well. Swing trading is great, but I also think some balance is, is important too, because when there is those years where you're off on your swing trading, it's good to have other accounts that are actually beating the market. I want to highlight three specific years, not even mentioned here because he wasn't trading during these years, but 2000, 2001, and 2002. The S&P 500 in 2000 was down 9%. In 2001, it was down 11.9%. And then in 2002, it was down 22%. The reason why I bring that up is because in 2022, the market was down 18%. And for Joe here, his portfolio was down 34%. So he almost 2 x the losses from 2022. No doubt, being up 1,400% you know, over the course of all these years, and a 34% decline was pretty significant. He made a really good comeback, and he still made a really good comeback the following year, being up 41%. But the reason why I want to bring this up is that because in 2022, when he took the 34% loss, if he had $100 in his account, and I'm assuming it was much more than that, but for, for simplicity's sake, if he had $100 in his account, it went down to $66 in his account. That's what a 34% loss would be. The next year, he made 41%, but even then, he was still down 7% from where the decline the year prior had started at. So again, back to those highs from 2021, he would not be there yet. He would still be about 7% short. And this all leads me to portfolio volatility. He has some pretty big wins here. He also has a year where, you know, the first year he was down 2%. I'm going to probably consider that a little bit of an outlier since that was his first year and look at it more from 2022, which was a, a significant loss relative to the S&P 500. Again, this is not a podcast episode where I am criticizing him at all. It's just some things to think about because the reason why I bring up the 34%, the 2X, almost 2X of what the S&P was down that year is because the 2000, 2001, and 2002, if you had $100 in your account, it went down to about $36.15. That is the impact that the market would have had using a 2X factor on Joe's portfolio. So he would see his account go from 100 down to 36, which means he would need 177% return on the capital to break even. His average returns, he says in the email, were 32% per year. That means it would have taken him three and a half years just to get back up to break even if we went through another 2000 to 2002 kind of a scenario. And remember, during that time frame, NASDAQ was down over 80%. So what I'm trying to relay here is that he's done good for the time that 2014 through 2023, he did marvels. Those are like Hall of Fame kind of numbers. Really good. The only area of criticism is, is that it looks like he's trading with some pretty high beta. Now, Netflix, he got it pretty good with Netflix. But there's a lot of beta in Netflix. And when I'm talking about beta, it's basically how much the, the stock fluctuates relative to the S&P 500. So that if it has a beta of two, that means if the S&P is up 1% one day, more than likely, based off of historical patterns, that stock would be up 2%. I don't know what the beta for Netflix has been over the years, but I'm going to say it was pretty high just because as a trader, I've seen that thing trade for over a decade now, and it can get pretty wild. So he went through some pretty wild swings there with Netflix. In the end, kudos to him. He's made a lot of money off of it. But what I want him to think about, especially now that he's been able to make 1,400% on his capital, which is awesome, is that how will he stack up if you have a massive decline? where you know, for every $100, he's only left with $36.15. Is that something that he can stomach? I'm not saying, and I get criticized for this some, that, oh, he's always talking about the sky is falling. No, I, I talk about risk. I talk about risk management. That's one of the main themes of this podcast. And one of the, my favorite things to see 
besides people making money in the stock market is people keeping their money in the stock market. Because if you go back to like the dot-com bubble, for instance, and I think there's a lot of parallels between what we're seeing right now in the market with AI versus what we saw back then with dot-com, it took like 14 or 15 years for the NASDAQ to get back to its all-time highs. There's a lot of people that were hoping to retire during that time that weren't able to retire because they didn't manage the risk. And so that's why I think it's so important to manage the risk. And a great way to learn how to manage the risk is to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. With that, you're going to get all of my stock market research each and every day, big tech updates, stock market updates, daily watch lists. It's really, really awesome. And I'm getting ready to roll out Discord for that. So you're going to really like that as well. Really good stuff for you guys to be able to take advantage of. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. And in the process, you're supporting this podcast. And the other thing I would tell Joe, because and I don't have insight into all of his other trades here, but outside of Netflix, how well did he do? How much of those gains was because of Netflix? Because Netflix has gone wild over the years. You go back to when it first started trading, Netflix was down in 2014. Not by a ton, but it was like down like 3% or so, I think, just eyeballing it. But since then, it has gone from $48 a share all the way up to 565%. So that's more than a 1,000% gain. And in statistics, we talk about outliers all the time. What is an outlier in a survey that's being taken or in a political poll that's being taken? I would tell him, too, to look at Netflix as an outlier. It's a great outlier. I would like more of those outliers in my personal portfolio as well. But look at your portfolio outside of Netflix and then see how those returns also did. And you don't even have to tell me about it. Just look at it for yourself and just try to figure out for yourself how was all your other trading. Because we do have outliers in our trade. There's times where I have a stock that will go up 90%. That's an outlier. It's a great outlier, but we want to be cognizant of those outliers that they're not skewing everything else, that they're not covering up some other sins that we might have partaken in and we're not willing to bring to the light. So keep that in mind. And keep in mind that if there is another multi-year drawdown in the market, and I'm not saying that we're going to have, maybe we go to the moon this time, but in the case that we don't, in the case that Maybe the market has gotten a little too ahead of itself and there is a multi-year pullback. How are you positioned to be able to manage the risk? I'm also guessing that based off his portfolio returns that he has been primarily a long trader only. Maybe he's throwing a couple of shorts in here and there. I'm not sure, but just looking at it based off of the returns, it would appear that way. And that is even more reason to ask yourself, okay, when there is a market pullback, like what we just got in 2022, or maybe it's a more extended one, like what we got in 2008 or a more longer one based off of time frame, like we got in the dot-com bubble. And they don't happen often. But when they do, they can alter your portfolios in a dramatic manner. And you want to be prepared for that. Because if you're sitting here listening to my podcast right now and you're 30 years old and you're hoping to retire one day by the time you're 60, there's going to be multiple recessions that you face that's going to have a dramatic impact on your portfolio. And what you don't want is for all those years of 30 or 40 or 50% returns on your long-term portfolio or on your swing trading or whatever it is that you're doing with your capital for it to just be flushed down the tubes and you're trying to claw your way back to break even before those pullbacks ever happen. Because those are really dark, frustrating times. And so if you do have an all-along portfolio and there's nothing wrong with that, you want to make sure that you understand when should you not be completely long in the portfolio. If you're using margin, even more so, when should you be scaling it back to where you're just using your own money. I'm not a huge fan of using margin. A lot of people are. I think it's a very dangerous game, especially when you're paying such crazy interest rates on that money right now. But what are you doing 
to protect your capital from just having a complete meltdown with your all-long portfolio. You want to make sure that you're protecting yourself to the downside. I use a lot of technical analysis in my trading. So when the market starts to roll over, I'm starting to notice that with topping patterns, with trend line breaks of key support levels. And so I start to pull back with my longs. I'm not looking at longs. Sometimes I'll even get short on the market. From a long-term investment standpoint, I don't buy anything from an investment standpoint for my long-term portfolio unless we're hitting some massive, massive lows in the market. When the market's sitting at all-time highs right now, I'm not adding anything. So I'm not exposing myself to additional risk. But because we're at all-time highs, everything in my long-term portfolio is actually up. Now, if we get another 2022, yeah, there'll be stocks that go red and everything. And I actually welcome that because I can add to a lot of my existing long positions and maybe even some more that I missed out on. But when it comes to long-term investing, rarely do you see me adding to a portfolio when we're sitting at all-time highs. Instead, I'm looking for extreme, extreme oversold levels to start adding. So last year, for instance, in 2022, in my long-term portfolio, I started adding between like July and December of last year to my long-term portfolio. A lot of those played out pretty well, like Amazon and Google and Microsoft and the Qs. But there's no way you're going to see me add to them now. If we can get a 20, 30% pullback in the market, would I start adding to those again? Absolutely. So that's what I mean by if you're going to be in an all-long portfolio, you want to make sure that the day that the market stops going higher, that you're not just completely YOLOing into stocks at their all-time highs, and then the market starts to pull back. And when it does, you find yourself down 50 or 60% in your portfolio. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would encourage you to leave me a five-star review on whatever platform that you're listening to. That really does mean the world to me. I do read them and greatly appreciate it. If you have a question that you want me to address on this podcast, feel free to send me your questions, ryan at sharepointer.com. I read them all. And check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Thank you, guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePointer's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.